0: everyone and welcome to uh uh, this interview with a very special person who's got a phenomenal technology which is uh uh, keeping keeping i guess our cities safer so a bigger purpose in the technology technology than just making money i'm joined by jillian from safe in the city jillian why don't you tell me a bit about the technology how you got into it so our audience can learn about why it's so awe-inspiring
1: Thank you so much, what a a great introduction, Alpesh. I'm really happy to be here. Um, So Safe in the City started as a personal uh, problem as a newcomer from Vancouver over to London and using navigation apps to get around the city. But I also found that the technologies I was using, the kind of standard Google city mapper, didn't necessarily have my safety in mind when I was traveling. So. When I went one particular route, um, it followed, I actually ended up uh, going into an alleyway where I had an unfortunate experience of two kitchen staff coming out and threatening to sexually assault me. Luckily, I got out of that situation, but I saw the opportunity of if I could leave a heads up to someone, a marking of some sort that this had happened to me because there are so many other people who are taking a similar route to me in the central London uh, location. And how that actually, that information could be so powerful, driven by the citizens and demanding about where we could actually make change and how technology could start representing a lot more of our experiences through our day to day journeys. Yeah. Um, that was in 2017, and we've, yeah, massively grown. Um, and I can tell you a little bit more as we go along.
0: Yeah, and I've been sharing the screen with the audience as you're speaking, so they get to see your website and they get to see it. I'm so sorry you had such an awful initial experience coming here um, when you did, but uh, one, one positive thing that came out of such an awful situation is you've created a wonderful technology and what I want to ask you about is, of course, instantly, everybody will relate to the problem you're trying to solve. You've actually managed to do that through the tech. You've managed to do that. And as you can see, you know, through the BBC TechCrunch, Evening Standard, Forbes, The Times, it's caught the public's imagination. Have you been surprised at the need and demand for the app? Or, or is it something that you thought, well, of course, it's so obvious people would need it?
1: So many people have said actually the opposite. They're like, I can't believe this doesn't exist yet. Like, why hasn't this been created? And it's one of those things that I think we get used to um, the technologies that are standard uh, that don't necessarily have kind of a safety lens an aspect on it or you know have a certain message towards a certain group which we started very much around women's safety and these normalized experiences of catcalling and sexual harassment as you could see reported here that do impact our journeys do impact the economic areas and where we choose to live and work and how we journey through these spaces so it actually is something that i believe people have caught on, it clicks right away when yeah. when we have said it. Um, and when we launched, it was around the hashtag me too movement, so there was this enormous amount of people coming together to say, hey, this has happened to me, whether men, women, any other gender. It, it's something that lives under the belly of a lot of our experiences of the city and bringing that to light and applying a lot more of a preventative way that we can strategize and solutionize is part of that.
0: And the other thing is, I mean, the obvious thing that comes to mind is of course, could be incredibly useful for law enforcement or community police officers. If they're aware of where some of the problems are to help our our society feel safer as well. Have you been engaging with law, law enforcement as well?
1: Yes, very early on one of our, um, our team members uh, was a retired police officer so who worked in strategic risk and the data insights. So we have partnered with the Metropolitan Police in London so we can share those aggregated insights like you were seeing on the website. Uh, so they know these other types of offenses that are happening that may not always be crimes, but certainly impacting the safety and well-being of people in those areas, and how they can also bridge that with other community uh, initiatives to help more people be engaged in each other's safety. So yes, police force and government is is very key to this, um, and I think because I originally moved to London um, to work in public health and that was my background and and work in a number of countries, bringing that lens of prevention and how technology can be applied in a really different way, I think has been really part of that joining of all these different um, community partners in recognizing that, hey, safety is everybody's problem and responsibility, so let's work on it together.
0: And to health tech in that broader, sense uh, is clearly something which is on the rise. Um, We've worked together because of the Global Entrepreneur Programme, which is a programme within the Department for International Trade, which looks for outstanding technology entrepreneurs from around the world to set up their businesses here. And you're one of the outstanding tech entrepreneurs that we've been working with and and bring the technology over here. Um, Let's talk about entrepreneurship and technology. So in terms of Obviously, the app and, and what it does to solve a, a technological problem. Have you found for yourself the entrepreneurial journey? What have been some of the highlights? What have been some of the hurdles um, that you've had to overcome? And what advice would you give to other entrepreneurs, tech entrepreneurs who are who are beginning that journey?
1: Yes, the, the GEP for short has been so amazing. And Alvash, you've been great champion of our work um, as well as so many other people to name Judith Milan was one of our deal makers at the start and um, really helped us uh, secure kind of a permanent place in the UK so that we could you know scale our technologies and again we are now in in Europe and we're looking at other places so they've been very instrumental with our growth for being an entrepreneur I think in some ways, it becomes an accident. It was an accidental kind of um, falling into, um, as I mentioned before, I was in, um, in public health and you know, it was only because of that lens of kind of data and prevention and um, how we could you know, use technology in that way that really pushed me. So I would encourage people not to be kind of, oh, I ha- they don't have a background in technology. I've never learned how to code. There's so many opportunities and people to, you know, build that within your team to to make something possible and tangible. Um, I think, you know, by kind of taking that big leap, which I did, um, you know, I I did kind of shift careers. I didn't know many people in the UK when I landed here. um, It really was kind of going in the deep end, but I think, in some ways, that uh, naivety and just driven by passion and figuring out this problem and dedicating kind of my life's work to it was part of that cementing. And I think people have recognized, okay, this this person isn't going away. <laughs> Let's you know figure out how we can kind of support, especially in the early days, and you know what it's advanced to now, which. Um, you know, Safe in the City is not only an app, we've now introduced our i3 intelligence platform. So integrations with other mobile technologies that can offer safety functionality as people are connected to their devices in public spaces. Um, So I would say that, you know, there are some challenges with being a woman in tech, and, you know, being someone that's non-technical, at least, you know, in terms of coding experiences, Um, that definitely could create some barriers um, in terms of maybe the rooms that you're sitting into, the types of questions or, um, you know, even experiences such as sexual harassment that you might face in these rooms. But again, I think, you know, depending on your lens, you can take that as an opportunity. And I, I try to take any type of, you know, hardship as a stoic experience of how does this build me stronger, build my team stronger, build our cause or purpose stronger. Um, so I think there's still a, a huge opportunity for women um, or other genders to actually come into this space and, and take your lived experiences and, and the connections that you have with other people who might identify like you and you know bring that innovation and those solutions to the problem out there.
0: Are you broadly optimistic about more women coming into technology who want to come into tech? Or do you sometimes just throw your hands in the air and go, for God's sake, this is taking so long. There are so many hurdles. How can we accelerate this? And the question to you is, how can we accelerate that? How can we ensure the hurdles you faced, others don't? um, Because you've mentioned harassment, sexual harassment. Um, How do we ensure that that gets stamped out. I mean, if we look at, say, let's take racism in football, which is another sort of, it's a big social issue, which is going on at the moment and it's still going on and on and on. Uh, when the heck are these things ever going to get resolved? What Do you have any insights given your personal experiences um, that can be done better that the rest of us can learn from?
1: It's a great point. And I think, you know, we all have shared unsafe experiences or, or discrimination or you know prejudice of some sort it's not something that you're you know many people We can go I have no concept of what you're talking about it's just how is that packaged and is that package maybe recognized in our social threads that can actually help people kind of move past that or is it even more of a challenge um, for people so I talk about this in my uh, TEDx um, equality by design and that Again, I think technology with that design of equality can really unlock the power of, and wisdom of the crowd because we are a lot more similar in our experiences than we are different. And we do need certain you know, basic needs like safety. Um, but I think in terms of uh, one of the great things that GEP um, offers is, you know, a lot of different ways that you can get involved. And I am part of the female founders advisory board. So we have talked to, um, you know, the secretary, permanent secretary of general state about some of these issues around sexual harassment, around uh, VC investments, around, you know, again, kind of some of the day-to-day challenges that we might have, um, whether coming from a technical or non-technical background, so I think representation and and being out there is really important. And you know, I do really try to do that through my own um, activities online. You know, because there often are these. Idealized um, kind of notions of like that can't be me. I I couldn't do that. And you know we do need to continuously push that message that yes you can and there's more opportunity than there ever has been and it will continue to move that way. So really encouraging and and opening doors for people who need to be in the rooms when you are in the room and maybe you are one of the few people who um, you identify with um, or that you think needs to have more you know voice in that room. Uh, So that's some of the advice I would
0: give. No, I think that's incredibly important that you're willing to to be at the forefront of that and be a voice and speak up and speak out. Of course, on the flip side, you have people who, and, and I know, and I found it more amongst women than men, and there's research to suggest why, that will be the success story and they'll push their husband or their male, they'll put the male partner to do the talking, partly because they're not so comfortable. Whatever the reasons are, um, and of course, the, the downside of that can be that it perpetuates the problem that, that you've mentioned that people don't realize actually that can be me, uh, that I could actually uh, be running that business, because I think that representation part is important, I think, and I'm sure you do, you know, when you're coaching others and, and showcase, you know, being a role model for them doing it, what, obviously, you've got to run the company at the same time, um, and that puts a lot of burdens on you, what What are your ambitions outside of the company? And we'll come to your company ambitions in terms of the other work that you do uh, in in sort of on the equality side. What are your ambitions there?
1: Thank you. That's a great question. And I try to take a, a longer term view and maybe this is another piece of advice. You know, entrepreneurship can feel. Very condensed, and you only have a couple years. Get that investment, get that money in, and of course, that that is needed for a lot of different reasons. But there isn't necessarily to to, in my opinion, a failure of starting something. Those connections that you made, that you know, those achievements that have been accomplished, there is always you know a trail of success if you want to view it in that way. But in terms of some of the things that. I've started on and I want to continue through my career in entrepreneurship um, is actually again relating back to the GEP is being able to do a lot more public speaking opportunities. Uh, one event was the Warsaw London Bridge. So went over to Poland with the D um, the deal makers from um, GEP and was able to again kind of go uh, speak to hundreds of women in Poland who are in technology or interested in technology. To share my story to be on the judging panels to you know help harness and nurture some of the talent coming through um eastern europe which was fantastic as a ukrainian um heritage uh, person and um with i think with this public speaking i've, I've now actually speaking um a little a lot more uh, with now signed with a Chartwell uh, speakers, which is fantastic. Um, and I'm actually writing a book which will be out later this year called Wired Influence. Um, now this has a focus, particularly I think in the changes that we faced during COVID of being even more reliant and, and you know addicted or under the influence of technology and how we really do need to be aware of how the industry is moving in particular directions, whether it's business models that are looking at kind of uh, meta personal data and packaging that without maybe user's consent, uh, whether it's, you know, our own mindfulness and and practices around technology use um, and how we can work better and leave a better digital footprint on, you know, what we want to create later down the line. So, those are a couple of the things that I do. I also have dabbled in um, a cooking show over COVID. Um, Wow. I have. (laughs) And you're on a business. business. (laughs) And that, yes. And I do some coaching as well for mostly female uh, founders in earlier stages. So, I do keep busy, but they all, for me, stack on top of each other in that. Again, I want to create a a technology company that isn't necessarily, it's not predatory in its commercialization ways, and I want to put a really hard stance on that. You know, I do want to coach because coaching does allow me to see a perspective or recognize a growth area that um, I've achieved when sometimes you're in the zone and you don't see it. And speaking to get more of the messages out, um, you know, related to uh, women in tech, related to leadership and influence related to, you know, travel and, and kind of globalization.
0: Um, yeah, keep uh, you know, big... I, I, uh, you remind me of something. I, I wrote a book with my sister for women entrepreneurs about oh, 15 oh. years ago, uh, a very long time ago. And there's a lot of research in there and I've updated the research recently because I was looking back at, look at the back at that. And I, uh, in the last few weeks, I updated it. And you'll notice on every single metric, Women tend to be underinvested in. In other words, it's harder for them to get capital, whether in absolute terms or pro rata than men. They are less likely to get angel funding, venture capital funding, uh, and they get less pay for the same work on a whole bunch of metrics. Yet, the data shows female founded companies employ more people, are more profitable, and give a greater return to investors. So there's this massive gap between what economically makes rational sense, which is fund women, yet the venture capital firms tend not to, and the data is quite stark. When they Mm -hmm. back companies with at least one woman on the board or female founded, the the returns for the VC firms improve, they increase, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's hard to deny causation there. How did you get capital? How did you overcome those hurdles, those additional hurdles that you faced uh, on top of the regular hurdles of setting up a a technology business?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And we haven't formally raised around yet. Uh, So we've been really creative with how we've been able to acquire um, investment. We've ran two successful crowdfunding campaigns. Um, I've obviously made some big personal investments myself financially into the company um, as well as some team members. Uh, we've also received several grants um, and stipends to kind of launch we, we recently with Vodafone or in Berlin or 2019 to do um, to launch in, in that city. Uh, so we found different ways. We're looking at some convertible debt, uh, loan structures. Um, and we have commercialized a lot faster because of that, which uh, I think is a good thing in the long run. And that, you know, we might be a little bit older in terms of our startup age, but uh, you know, we've actually really done the hard work. We've held on to control because when we have been in rooms before, it would be, oh great, let's turn this into that direction, which mm-hmm. I wasn't comfortable with. And you know I'm still very glad that, um, that I made that decision. But as I mentioned kind of some of the other activities, it's, it is about diversifying your portfolio of investments and all of those that I mentioned kind of do feedback not only into in terms of financially but also in terms of personal growth and professional growth. So I see it as a, as a win-win. but uh, we do you know are looking later down the line maybe in the next year or so. About how we could, you know, engage the right um, investment, uh, whether it's VC or um, angels, to, yeah, take us to the next level and move us a bit faster. But I do see that there is some change, and I'd be interested to hear if, if you think it's more of a a, a PR kind of we want female founders, or if there's a genuine, you know, change that you've seen in the figures of more investment going in. I think because of
0: the hard data, which really um, puts pressure on, say, the VC firms uh, to when they look at the hard numbers and it's like, well, how come you're still investing in all male groups uh, when it's clearly the case that you could get better numbers by having more female founders? I think that means it's not just cosmetic. Um, And to the extent, my view is always to the extent things are. Cosmetic, fine, as long as we're benefiting and it and it, it does the right thing anyway, and then we'll win them over from the inside once they've invested. Um, so I don't yeah. even mind the cosmetic part, but obviously I want it to be genuine and heartfelt, and people to buy in. And I think that is happening. From I don't think it's just lip service, but I think it, you know it, it happens when not just when it's one of those. Things which you know everyone gets behind for five minutes and it becomes a fad and a fashionable thing to do and then they forget about it. I think it's got to be more just like with the environment or other social issues. It's got to be just constantly battling and battling and battling. But as an entrepreneur, you know um, it's a battle. Let me on that on that basis, sort of the battle. Ask you this: secrets of success. You you imagine you're speaking to a young tech founder, whether male or female, but let's assume for the moment female, whether they're in their twenties. 30s 40s even 50s doesn't matter um what what top tips would you give them secrets as in things they might not have found elsewhere that you've discovered that you thought oh i didn't really think that would be really uh, a really useful piece of information now it might be networks they should visit it could be how to raise capital you know the different ways that you mentioned it might be through um, mentors for how to find them, whatever else it might be. What, what's really surprised you about a secret that's helped you succeed or several secrets that have helped you succeed?
1: Certainly, one of the first steps that I really think and I would recommend for anyone getting started as an entrepreneur is to go into the communities with other entrepreneurs, surrounding yourself with other people who are doing different things, potentially, most likely, but are making it happen, really does actually show you that there is a possibility. You might go, oh, well, that's, you know, I could, my idea might be a little bit more well thought out, or, you know, I'm, you know, maybe older, have more experience or technical skills here. And it's not a negative kind of comparison but it is a recognition that you can do something similar and i think that's why the importance of role models is so important but building in that community uh that entrepreneurial community and i i would recommend going into a lot of different types of communities don't just if you're a developer don't just stay in a development community like go speak to the ux people go speak to marketing like really diversify the the types of entrepreneurs that you're exposed to um, and different skill sets. Um, I think there's such a you know wonderful concentration of resources whether in London or the UK. There's really so many if you really look into and we've really benefited from so many different programs including GEP, um, the you know, Mayor of London has a great program, London and Partners, and we have um, graduated from the international program as well. So there's ample resources if you put the time into it um, and, you know, take it uh, step by step. It can be really overwhelming. And I think at the beginning, I really put on the back burner my you know, personal well-being um, into that kind of rush and and maybe a bit of a rat race um, that I was following other people um, in that footsteps. Like, I got to work 16 hours. I got to cut down on sleep and social life and family time. And, you know, I really, over this time, I have made that a priority. Um and no matter what, if you're looking at the short term or the long term, if you lose your health, whether that's your physical or mental health, then your company is not going to run well. Your team is going to fall apart. There's there's no benefit of, of hurting or burning yourself out in the process. So always put your you know well-being first um, because that will actually give you space to think more creatively about problems, to you know, digest and not be reactive to different problems that you might be facing. And and I believe set a better culture for your team to, to be in it for the long run.
0: I love that. I mean, that's, that's uh, you can see that's the insights of somebody who's actually done it and lived it. And I think it's inspiring to everybody listening to that as well. Gillian, the clock has beat us. Uh, I really must thank you, not just for doing this interview but also being part of the Global Entrepreneur Programme, Adding to the UK's entrepreneurial gene pool of great tech talent that we have over here, being a phenomenal ambassador, not just for the UK and the Global Entrepreneur Program, the Department for International Trade, but also a phenomenal uh, ambassador for entrepreneurs, tech entrepreneurs, and women tech entrepreneurs as well. But most importantly, entrepreneurs, regardless of gender and tech entrepreneurs, you're an absolutely phenomenal ambassador who shows, Uh, what can be achieved and and done with a great idea uh, and, you know, persistence and passion. Uh, So I just want to say thank you to you. Any closing remarks from you?
1: I would just recommend if you haven't downloaded the app and you're feeling that you want to look at a safer route, then check us out at safeinthecity.com. And if you have a platform that you're thinking, hey, my dating platform or this, you know, delivery service could really benefit, then you know, get in touch uh, with us so that we can help equip you with um, the information to get people safe. And um, yeah, reach out on LinkedIn um, if you wanna connect. Um, I know, and then just thank you, El Like, thank you for using your great platform to profile people and, you know, champion our younger work in in the process. Um, uh, Thank you so much.
0: My pleasure, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. I have to say, it, it's, the delight's always mine when you're dealing with great entrepreneurs because it really um, energizes those of us with 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 grey hair um, yeah. uh, w- when we get when we see the energy from entrepreneurs such as yourself succeeding. It really reinvigorates. So I assure you, we get as much out of it as you do in the successes that you've had. So yes, I absolutely encourage the audience. Please do connect with Jillian on on LinkedIn. Do download the app. It's phenomenal. Um, even if you think, hey, I don't need. I've never had any issues, actually, please look, download it, review it, uh, see how useful it is. That all helps the, you know, the algorithms and getting the message out there and it will help reach other people. Please promote it and let other people know that it exists as well. Because you're helping a tech entrepreneur, you're helping keep society safer as well. So well, for all those reasons, really, uh, uh, really happy to be doing this. Thank you so much. Uh, Gillian for uh, agreeing to this interview thank you.
1: Thanks Alpesh.